You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to this week's episode of Calcio e Cappuccino. We have uh, myself, Christine Cupo, as always, uh, Dre Cordero, Aaron West, and we have Matteo Bonetti with us this week. We are going to be hitting, of course, all of the topical items with World Cup, uh, Serie A's reach. Um, we've got 17 of the 20 Serie A teams represented. We also have uh, Manager of the Month to detail, as well as Player of the Month for Serie A. Uh, as well as the semi-spicy topic of Serie A league reform proposals that have come through. Um, we are going to uh, dive right in. Where do you want to start, Dre? I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you gave my name, Dre, a little bit of an Italian twang. When you said it's like a today, like a today, I think it lends me an air of authenticity. And I might start doing that when I call Serie A games just so people, just to bamboozle people into thinking that <laughs> I'm uno di noi, Dre, uno di noi. <laughs> <laughs> what's that uh there's a world cup coming up in like three days i think uh at the time of recording it's a pretty big uh sporting event from all things i hear even though uh advertising spending is down there's all sorts of logistical nightmares I, i'm less excited and i know this is the worst like our producers are like yelling at me for starting this way but i <laughs> i don't remember being this um less enthusiastic in three days from the start of a world cup than i am today and, and to, like i'm not pretending like so once the actual thing starts i'm gonna go nuts i'm gonna watch a ton of it um football takes over i love the game i can't help myself but today with none of it in front of me um, I'm I'm not as pumped up as I normally am for the World Cup. Hey, you are becoming Italian, Dre. You see? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! <laughs> I think uh, you're you're not alone in that, Dre. I think this World Cup in particular. I think it's fair to say that many of us are conflicted, and uh, I am still in utter and total shock, a disbelief a bit that it's three days away. Um, I'm gonna have an interesting Thanksgiving in front of the TV, I guess. And it won't smack be in American the middle of November, football, right? Yeah. <laughs> smack in the middle of November, competing for for American audiences. Not that I care about you know other sports, but for American audiences, competing with the NFL, competing with uh, the NBA. Um, obviously, the human rights abuses, the uh, you know just tons of controversies uh, surrounding the organization, the allotment. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's talk about the stuff that matters. Yeah. Uh, the football, as opposed to the big picture things. So uh, we have 17 Serie A teams spread across uh, the competing nations in this uh, Grand World Cup, um, which is is quite a lot. That's 67 Serie A players as well as three Serie B. Um, I, I think we wanted to talk a bit about who we think have the greatest shot at potentially uh, hoisting that World Cup um, at the end of the year. And then 
high telling you think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Juve do have 11 players represented but do you think it'd be like say like Juve France Juve Argentina Juve, Juve Poland um we've got a lot of uh, a lot of wiggle room here it's wild. We're, we're going to talk, and actually, I'd love to hear from Matteo about this. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, man of the match, uh, sorry, a manager of the month honors uh, going to Max Allegri and the player of the month honors going to uh, Rafael Leal. Um, but with Juventus, it's been the absolute best month possible, right? When you consider just how good they've been in Serie A, six consecutive victories to get themselves not just back into the top four, but on the Serie A podium, you know, within striking distance of second place Milan. And now they go into a World Cup where, yes, I know that most UVA fans probably want to wrap their players in bubble wrap for the World Cup so that they all can come back healthy and they could, you know, pick up this momentum when the league restarts in January. But the top three favorites at the World Cup all feature Juventus players. And two of the three, the top two, pretty prominently. Because you expect for Brazil that Danilo, Bremer, and Alexandro will be starters. Essentially, three-quarters of the five-time world champion, number one favorite to the World Cup, is the Juventus defense. Uh, Argentina have uh, Leandro Paredes and Angel Di Maria, who should play pretty prominent roles. Um, And then with France, um, you have Adrian Rabiot, maybe more of a Milan side with Olivier Giroud and Teo Hernandez. But Rabiot, a player who was... They tried to push him out of Turin. And if they could have sold him, they would have, right? And they weren't able to. And he's had his own redemption because he's been valuable for Juve. And he's still a good enough midfielder to make the um, you know World Cup defending champion France squad. Dre, I, I would add to that that I think that Juventus, like there's a little bit of uh, separation, right? Because I think Juventus, the company, wanted to sell Rabiot. But I still feel like Allegri loved him. And I think that definitely helped for him in his mind to feel valued. Because if it was the coach I was trying to push him out, I think we'd see a very different Rabiot than the one that we see now. Just just like that little distinction, you know? Is it, is it Rabiot really, really one of those players that... Sorry, Aaron. He's one of those players that the coaches seem to love a lot more than the fan base, right? And even he still gets considerable minutes with the French national team, which is pretty damn stacked. He gets, obviously, considerable minutes with Juventus. He's just one of those players that it it feels like for whatever reason, whatever they're seeing behind the scenes, he hasn't been the most popular player amongst Juventus fans. And and I totally agree because he has been quite inconsistent throughout his tenure. He definitely is not at the level of a 7 million euro net per season wage would indicate to me that's a a wage that's normally reserved for a, a player that's world class. But going back to your earlier point, Trey, just to summarize that coach uh, of the month award for Allegri, it's like his magnum opus the last month. Six consecutive wins without mm-hmm. conceding a single goal. You're seeing a little bit of corto muzzle sprinkled in, but you're actually seeing good football too. Hey, great football, as a matter of fact, against Hunter in the second <laughs> Matteo, Matteo, hold that thought because I can tell you're fired up to talk about it, and we're going to do a whole thing on Allegri and Juve and the, the manager of the month. Oh, uh, we haven't we just gotten to get... that thing yet? We're, we're still we're... Introdu- introducing things? Okay. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're three days from the World Cup. We're, we're, we're like already like halfway through our World, Cup, World, our World Cup segment. I don't care about the World Cup. I don't want to speak about the World Cup. I have no interest in the World Cup whatsoever. Italy's not there. I don't care about a November <laughs> tournament. I'm going to let you guys go off on that. <laughs> My man just ingested four espresso shots in a row and came in <laughs> fired up. My goodness. 
I'm going he on really... mute. Tell me when it's time to talk about Allegri. You guys talk about this November World Cup. I don't care. You, oh, you don't want to talk about any of those no. players at the World Cup? All right, come on. Uh, uh, I can talk, talk about the Serbia. World Cup. There's only 66. There's a little bit of Serbia. There's only 66 players from the league that you cover on a week-in, week-out basis that you can talk <laughs> about. But no, you want to just leave it to Allegri. <laughs> Go on mute, Mateo. That's what that's what Allegri's done to me. You know, I'm 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 all in. I'm buying back in. I'm right with him. I, I'm his dance partner on Dancing with the Stars, the Coldplay song. I'm right there. Honestly, with him. I don't believe that part because I have yet to see anyone on this entire Serie A team that can actually dance. I would love to see it. Did you watch you our, our show the last week or what? Yes, I I I was <laughs> I, I'm speechless, quite frankly, from the display that I've seen. It was that okay? game, right? Like, speechless. Uh huh. I nice. I mean, like you chicken winging with Tammy. I'm gonna was... I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in and say it's only because uh, I uh, I'm gonna say it's because I haven't featured on many shows that you you included me in that, but because uh, that's that's a affront to my personality to say I can't dance. I'm well, gonna, yeah, talk. We got to see action, bro. Listen, well, yeah. I, I would. I have, on a personal level, not on air, have seen Aaron dance, and I would say that he and I are the only ones here that can dance. I Aaron, am quite shocked. A, we need to see if Dre can dance, though. Aaron, can yeah, you give me a like that, I, I, have, I would put money down on betting that Dre can dance. I yeah, I'm gonna stay completely silent. Dance, real money yeah, was, on this. Is there anything Drake can do? With like, haven't you wait? Haven't you break dance with someone famous? I know you rapped with Pitbull. Like, yeah. Who... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I did feature prominently in like the the battles down in Miami when when we were having them at like the yes. skating rink. When yes. you, it was the, day, the so, days when like you went surprises me. You went to the skating <laughs> rink, but you didn't have any skates, and you didn't you weren't interested in renting them. You just you know that little area in the center that was closed off was where the b boy battles would take place, and whole crews would show up. It, it sounded like the mid to late eighties, but it was like the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and it's the best. Uh, I think it's it was basically my. There's definitely grainy uh, camcorder footage out there somewhere of of Dre just really putting it down, and I, right. without question. So now my new my new conclusion is that they've made all of the people that absolutely cannot dance dance. Though I appreciate your efforts. That's Marco. the best way to do it for TV if we're going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. They want to see people who are bad at dancing dance or like incredible at it. (laughs) That can definitely dance are that Argentina squad who I know many people are riding for, if not for Messi, then um, perhaps for uh, some of our other Serie A counterparts. So what do we think the chances are that we're going to see a very happy Dybala at the end of this tournament? Perhaps uh, Angel Di Maria. Um, so we really think they've got the fight in them to get this done. Yes, hundred percent. I'm big. I'm big on Argentina. I, I love the balance of their team. Um, you know, obviously, I would love if USA could win, but uh, but after them, uh, realistically, Argentina is the team that that I'm personally going for. You know, I love the storylines within the team. I love the Italian players, uh, the Serie A players that we have within the squad. They're all unbelievable. Uh, Lautaro Martinez has always played his part. DePaul, you know, we remember him from his Udinese days. Uh, he was unbelievable, one of my favorite players. I think they got just like a mix of everything. And it just feels like it's lined up to be a perfect World Cup for Messi and for the entire Argentina side. And when I was looking at all the rosters, I know some people question their midfield, but but I don't. Um, I, I love it. And I, I really, really, really think that they're going to win it all. 
Marco, Marco, did I hear this right? That you're an Italian that's rooting for Argentina. Let me just make sure that I heard that correctly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Matteo, if you have to choose somebody to win, there's a lot of Italian ancestry in Argentina. So if you got to get somebody to win after USA, of course, then I'm going to go for Argentina. If we're talking about realistic. I'm not rooting for people based on them having a, a, a great-grandfather that's Italian. That's not how so it who works. You Argentina's for, a bitter rival to Italy, Marco. What are you talking about? <laughs> Italy's not in it. You can't be a rival if you're not I don't care. The then go for the Who, who are you picking? <laughs> you have Mateo, a citizenship who are you, you picking? Yeah, that's Mateo, giving go. you all these opportunities. All, all I'm hearing is hate. Who are He's you picking? He's going for England. <laughs> that's why. I'm picking. Look, I'm picking. I actually think Brazil is the most stacked team. Uh, we have to make Brazil and Italy. Okay. I'm not saying I'm rooting for them, though. I'm saying that I think they're the best team. There's no way I'm ever going to root for Brazil. You guys are out of your minds. You I'm going to get all the way. I, I got my Brendan Aaron shirt. I can't wait to chant. I thought you were going to be uh, on Walker for this Zimmerman. What I'm going to go down the streets in Connecticut, <laughs> chanting at the top of my lungs Walker Zimmerman's name. That's how pumped I am for the USA. Wow. I believe. I can tell. I can tell that winter has come to Simsbury, Connecticut, (laughs) because Mateo is livid. Like Mateo has not been this angry since last winter. Uh, This man hasn't seen the sun in five days. Is absolutely in withdrawal. (laughs) Is it? Hey, man, is everything okay? Are you good? I'm gonna text you on the side. Are you good? <laughs> I, I, I've got the I've got the star spangled banger inside of me right now, man. That's what's happening. Um, Mateo, I just want to tell you that I've I've missed you on on here a lot. I do. On spare cards. A lot. I mean, I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I, I, I feel I feel like after the weekend when I did the gritty on national television, I feel like it's unlocked a new side of me that I can't seem to 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 put away now. You know, it's come out. It's a new version. So Aaron, what did you think about that gritty, by the way? <laughs> One to ten. Um, four. That's actually not bad. That's not bad. Not like bad. From you? Bottom half of the table. I mean, that was nice of him, I think. Four is generous. <laughs> four, is, four seems a good friend number. Four is very <laughs> diplomatic. Yeah. Um, well, then. So... <laughs> This has yeah. been a very productive coverage of uh, World Cup un- upcoming. Uh, Dre, wh- where do you want to hit next? Since we're yeah, obviously just all over the place, we're going off the rails fully. That's a good place. It's it's a good place to leave our very reluctant uh, World Cup talk ahead of you know three days from uh, the kickoff of the tournament, which I'm on Ooh. the same page. Uh, what I actually wanted to talk about today was the. Uh, it's going to sound boring, but I promise you, it's not. Was the Syria assembly where the presidents the um, administrators of the league and the clubs met to discuss what changes they want to see happen, right? And so the Serie A president, the current Serie A president, um, Lorenzo Cassini, announced a reform commission that expects to have some proposals uh, to present to the FIGC by mid-December. Among those proposals, something that's somewhat evergreen when it comes to Serie A, and that is contraction, reducing the number of teams in Serie A from 20 to 18. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... Serie's best years were in an 18-team league. Now, that doesn't mean that it was a re- as a result of having 18 teams. But when you think about the period from the late 80s, from the 88-89 season to 03-04, which is the last season with uh, 18 clubs, 16 seasons in total, a decade and a half, those were the glory years of the modern Serie A. 
Those were the years in which Serie A had five Champions League winners, albeit Milan were four of them, Juve the other. Those are the years in which there were nine Ballon d'Or winners in Serie A. Van Basten uh, won it twice. Lothar Mateus, Baggio, Wea, Ronaldo, Zidane, Nedved, Shevchenko. These were what we think about when we think about the golden years of Serie A. It was a league that had 18 teams in it. It had no weak teams in it. Um, it had no teams that were essentially out of their depth from the moment they were promoted. It had very few of any teams that you saw at the beginning of the season. They're going down. They're going to be relegated. And quite the opposite. It was a period in time in which some good teams, uh, you know, a good Fiorentina team with Batistuta, uh, a really good Inter side that won the UEFA Cup, were battling not to get relegated. In the Viola's case, they did drop. Uh, despite having players like Brian Laudrup, like Dunga, like the aforementioned Batigol, um, in, in Inter's case, they saved themselves by a single point, same year in which they won a European trophy. And so there is something to be said. We can maybe get into some of the reasons for less being more with City A. The great idea, whoever it is that proposed that. I, I'm looking right now at the City A table. I'm counting five teams that have a City B level roster. And a few others, by the way, that have virtually no fans. I mean, Sassuolo can't even fill half their stadium with Sassuolo fans. They have no appeal outside of the very small town of Sassuolo. You can make the case for a few other teams. But right now I'm counting Verona, Cremonese, Spezia, Lecce, Empoli. Maybe you can make a case for Salernitana, even though they've strengthened. Those are teams that I think have Serie B-level rosters. There's too many teams that have absolutely no appeal outside of their own small towns. So... By reducing to 18 teams, you're increasing the overall quality of the league. You're increasing the amount of bad games that we get at the bottom of the table to have pretty much no interest uh, outside of their small towns. So I think it'll make it more competitive. If you relegate uh, teams 18, 17, and 16, maybe even do a playout where you only relegate the, the last two and then do a, a playout between uh, 16 with the third in City of B just to may, maybe give whoever finishes in 16th place more of a chance to stay up. That's what Ligon does, and it seems to work quite well. I think the Bundesliga is doing that as well. Uh, actually, they are doing that for sure. So that's mm-hmm. two of the top five uh, European leagues. Or you could do a playout with teams that are in Serie A and maybe stretch it from 14, 15, and 16. That way you have more teams actually fighting for something at the end of the season and not so many gray area games that are basically glorified friendlies in the last uh, month or month and a half of the season. So I'm all for that. Wow. And an extremely enthusiastic let's go from Matteo. Uh, Marco, what do you think about the reduction in teams? And obviously there's a few other benefits and, of course, negatives that would go with, with this happening. One of the key reasons that people are, are looking at this potential is to actually increase projected future income, tax reasons, broadcast money, et cetera. Um, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, with Mateo. I, I've wanted this for a while. Um, 18 teams, I even will make a joke saying 16 teams I, I could go down to because I could cut down the roster a lot. And I feel like a lot of the the um, the teams at the bottom, they don't create much. Like they kind of know that they're going down and they're just like fighting to survive. And yes, I know people will say like, all right, you lose the magic of like what Salernitana did last year. But I still think that or even, out or and even get that no matter what. Arguably, Sassuolo, who were the giant slayer in many instances. Granted, they're not that same team this season, but prior season, sure. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that I would say is like this. This kind of reminds me every time I see this come out in the newspaper. I take of it just like when they say that they're going to redo the San Siro and they're going to build a new stadium. I never believe it because I just think that it's too hard to ever pass. You know, I hope that I will be wrong, but it's kind of like I'm waiting until I actually see it to get excited for it. 
Oof. Aaron, where are you hitting on this? Yeah, I, I think it makes sense to reduce it. The original idea of increasing uh, the number of teams was to increase money. Uh, but if the product is poor because of that num- increased number of teams, people stop watching. Uh, it doesn't look good when you see on TV a 20th place team whose own fans don't even come to the matches because they know they're not going to win. Um, I, I I think the increased competition really, really benefits the league. I think Bundesliga has benefited from it. I think it would really help Serie A in general. Um, I, I think it makes sense. Um, I don't know if it'll ever get passed because of the requirements for what it would take to pass it, but... In right, and to be clear for anybody discussion. that isn't up to, up to speed on this yet, it's that it requires a vote from the majority. So it has been probably not going to get passed because they will vote against. I don't know if it's necessarily in some of their own interests <laughs> against yeah. their own interests because some of these teams wouldn't be in Serie A if they voted against it. So it makes sense that they wouldn't vote for it. But in the since in the the discussion, I I am all for it. I think it just makes. Overall, it, it makes fiscal sense. It makes sense for the the optics of the league, the quality of the league. Um, everything Dre said about the historical precedent really, really rings true for me. Bundesliga used to have 16 teams. I know Marco was joking about that, but they expanded from 16 to 18. Uh, I think Ben went to 20 and then back to 18. I'm not exactly sure, but they used to have 16. Um, it really, it just makes the pool stronger. Uh, they, like, Mateo was 100% correct. There are a few teams in Serie A that have Serie B rosters. And when you cut it down to 18, it just is not a a possibility. The pool of talent gets stronger from there. So I'm for it. That's my long-winded way of saying that. Also, it may be sort of just too narrow-sided to say, hey, look at the table as it is right now. We're only 15 games into Serie A. But it's a perfect example, at least the snapshot of what we're talking about, is that Obviously, everyone knows bottom three are relegated, 18, 19, and 20 go down to Serie B. Currently, the gap between 17, Spezia, Safe, and Cremonese, 18th relegated, is the same as the gap between 10th and 17th on the table. That tells you the table is is long by about three or four teams, right? Or maybe by exactly three teams. If you chop two of those off, you have a more compelling league. And by the way, two of those teams are teams with some history. Like Verona is a past Scudetto winner. Sampdoria is an iconic and classic team that constantly, you know, produce, aside from really good talent, uh, some of the most iconic kits in the history of the Serie A. So you still have, what what you don't have right now is a compelling relegation fight because there's a six-point gap between 17 and 18, which is exactly the same as the gap between Fiorentina in 10th and Spezia in 17th. So are you uh, casting your ballot for for pro, Dre? I don't believe um, that it'll get done. Um, I know that the four previous presidents... If we were entrusted in this, in this <laughs> culture, yeah, if I you know, court of law, to yeah. cast our ballots, you're going pro. If I'm the city, uh, if I'm the city uh, dictator, I absolutely chop off two teams, and it's the last two. I don't do it as angrily as Mateo did earlier, but I but I let them down gently and <laughs> so ship them down the city. Keeping- what is it that squads. they need 50% to say yes or, or like 51%? How does it work? What's the majority? I, I don't think it's no. the majority, but I don't have the exact number. Marco might know better. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe it was like 14 or 15. So it's, it's way more than the majority. And if you create a group mm-hmm. of like six, then ain't nothing getting done. That's kind of the problem. Oh, that's you can understand. 
No, and you can understand also why they decided to expand, right? Like the expansion came in the early aughts, uh, 04, 05 was the first season. You had the rise of TV money coming in. They saw themselves slipping behind the likes of, you know, the Premier League and La Liga. They figured more games means more more TV money, uh, more revenue. But that was sort of short-sighted because you saw the product sort of devalued um, as a result of that. You saw that the TV contracts that were negotiated every single every three years would be worth less and less money, the more watered down the games became, uh, the more the teams were just splashing out money on transfers and on salaries without investing in their infrastructure. Um, Napoli are great now, and the uh, Maradona Stadium is absolutely packed right now. But when Napoli are not competing in the top four, that stadium is absolutely empty. And you, a team like Napoli would benefit from having a smaller, more modern stadium. There's all sorts of impediments to building new stadiums, as we know with, for example, Inter and Milan wanting to, to build a new San Siro and all the things that are standing in the way of that, as Marco alluded to. But um, clearly, there was a, a decent idea that to have more games would mean more money. But it, we've now had you know, several seasons of evidence to the contrary of that, and it's actually devalued and watered down the product. Right. At the bottom half, at the bottom half anyway. Yeah, chasing the cash, which I would argue that the reduction now would also be the same line of decision making. You're like, yes, it may be good for a, a very brief period of time. Maybe it would last a bit longer. Um, it's hard to say, but they're essentially still chasing tax incentives and future projected revenues. Um, I think, yes, there obviously is compelling evidence to suggest that, you know, if you alleviate some of the weaker squads, um, it would be a benefit. But if the end goal is essentially just to grow the league, and the, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat. <laughs> if essentially all you're trying to do is you're grow the league. You're adopting frogs now, my God. Yeah, squirrels, frogs. <laughs> I, am, I am urban Cinderella at this point, or Snow White, either one, whatever. Um, but I think um, if you look at everything within the lens of, which seems to be the larger fan base, of everything in comparison to Premier League, it's more than just having compelling matches. It's that now um, Serie A is running catch up in a number of departments, including marketing, to establish growth, where Premier League had essentially got out the gate early and established dominance, yielding a far wider global fan base, which is what Serie A is after now. So I think it's pulling a bunch more levers than just simply increasing quality of product and viewership. All right. Sorry to go back, but uh, I'm just, you know, I got Gazetta open and I always just like read some of the headlines and I see this title that says 35% of Italians that read Gazetta voted that they want Argentina to win the World Cup while 6% went for Brazil. Sorry, I just had to bring <laughs> that up one more time. So you're coming from Mateo? Mateo right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mateo was part of that 6%. <laughs> so England's very low numbers too. Let's try to consider something that Matteo uh, was very passionate about earlier, and that is uh, Max Allegri winning the Manager of the Month honors after Juve ran off six consecutive victories uh, to get themselves back into top four contention, top three at the moment, chasing down second place Milan. And so often fans are prisoners of the moment, and you could not find a voice to defend Max Allegri a month ago. Now he's Manager of the Month. Uh, now Juve are competitive again. Um, are, are, is anybody saying sorry? Is anybody, are there hashtag Allegri in uh, trending in, on Twitter? What's... 
I don't know that we've seen that yet, but I think that we've seen a lot of we're back um, from the Juventus community, quite frankly, which, you know what, it's good to have that optimism, especially going into this brief pause. But to take Juve from eighth to third in roughly four weeks, um, three impactful matches in November, um, no, uh, what was it? Verona, um, followed by the Derby d'Italia and then Lazio which were actually really impressive that Matteo had alluded to. Um, goals coming in from Rabio and Nicky Beans um, for the Derby d'Italia. And then Moise Keane busting out a brace against Lazio. Um, I think that for me with uh, Allegri, the thing that this all demonstrated is like they're currently, or at least there doesn't seem to be any love loss between he and the squad. I don't know. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes, plenty of thoughts here. Um, <laughs> I think that the only thing that kept Allegri in a job, honestly, is his wage. So I think that he has that to thank, is that he was simply too expensive to fire. He's making something of €9 million Euro net a season. So to sack him now would mean paying him this season and two more seasons or three more seasons after this one. So it was just too much of a, of, of a financial sacrifice to do that. So I think that's why they were forced into being so lenient on him who would they replace him with Mikel? if they if they just if it wasn't the money if they could afford to fire him who would they have brought in at that point of the season to replace him oh wow um didn't really think about that part yet just bring me the other guy give me give me it doesn't matter if the other guy's any good it doesn't matter if the other guy is fictional okay. nobody knows I mean, who the other guy is okay. just okay. bring I me would, the other I guy it's the most the it's the most i would have gone with the zerbi and gotten him before brighton got him Although and you saw in the, in the back of the back in the back of Sarri and um, Pirlo, you would have seen Agnelli going with the Zerbi. Yes, because um. the big difference is that <laughs> Sarri alienated the locker room and, more importantly, the the leaders in the locker room. And well, I've well, heard this from you, someone who was in that locker room too. One hundred percent. But but weren't you making the point that after being convinced on you know, sexier football, right? Because they'd won nine consecutive Scudetti with the combination of Allegri and Conte, that it's, you know, Agnelli had been convinced to, hey, we're going to win anyway, let's just at least win pretty. So they try Sarri, they win, they don't like it, he alienates everybody, they leave. They try Andrea Pirlo, who has his own sort of, you know, romantic ideas, which align with mine, about how football ought to be played. They don't win the Scudetto, they fire him. And so they go to, hey, let's go back to the pragmatism that got us success in the past. You really genuinely saw Agnelli then going, no, never mind, let's go and play the Zerbi style football after Agnelli flopped? Well, Sarri won a Scudetto. He just didn't get along with people behind the scenes. I think that if Sarri actually got along with players and didn't alienate the likes of Chiellini and Ronaldo and, and players like that, then he probably would have stuck around. I don't think he left because of his style. He left because but that wasn't it my question. wasn't a fit. That was my question. <laughs> that it, wasn't, it wasn't the football style as much as it was the actual person. So I don't think but that by firing Sarri, they, they got rid of that style. They just got rid of someone who wasn't getting along with the players. So it's who not did, like who did they replace him with? Someone yeah. who was already <laughs> embedded inside Juventus, who was Italian, and, and was, which is a big and thing, and who had no style had nothing to do with it. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer ixl learning is an online learning program for kids it covers math language arts science and social studies ixl is designed this program will improve your kids grades studies done in almost every state in the country the kids who had ixl are consistently doing better powered by advanced algorithms ixl gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality and it doesn't have to eat up all your time one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-k to 12th grade so don't miss out one in four students in the u.s are learning with ixl ixl is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the u.s make an impact on your child's learning get ixl now and listeners can get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when they sign up today at ixl.com audio visit ixl.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price in defense of uh, Matteo, I think the argument here is actually it's not outside the realm of possibility for Juve to have sacked Allegri with no plan, given what they've historically done more recently. However, um, in an attempt to not recreate the errors of recent seasons past, um, not in their best interest. So, yeah, I mean, they could have without the prohibitive barrier of um, having to pay out a ton of cash and recreating the we're paying um, Allegri and Sadi and then uh, finishing paying off Allegri and then swapping that over to whatever we can pay Pirlo. Yeah, uh, I think you uh, they have made a series of bad decisions, which hopefully they steer out of. But um, yeah, I, I, obviously it's financials that kept Allegri in this job. It's complete and total um, serendipity, I say, perhaps. Um, so my, my point strategy that Allegri managed to pull this off. My point, Kupo, is that it wasn't just the finances. It wasn't just that, that he cost what it cost. It was that the Agnelli wanted his guy and, and wanted to go back to the things that made Juventus successful, the things that were considered part of um, Juve's DNA. We, we have the benefit of seeing the last month of the season, of seeing the six-game win streak, of seeing Juventus recover that DNA, of being the, the best defensive side in Serie A. And I think the idea that after being convinced to go more, you know, progressive, attack-minded, romantic, whatever you like, with two different managers. They switch over to, okay, we'll look at a leggedy ball. 
that then after eight games, nine games, ten games, whatever, no, never mind, let's go back to the romanticism. I don't see that as a, that maybe what I would have wanted, maybe what Mateo would have wanted. I don't see that as a real legitimate path for Agnelli and the Juventus brass. Oh, you asked yeah. me what I would have done, not what I think Juventus would have done. I told you, I you down so I could explain to you what I meant, and you were there with somebody in the locker room, and you had no interest in me clarifying. But go ahead. Yeah, get the boxing gloves again. <laughs> I think two, I have two points. Number one, I would pay a lot of money just to see uh, Dre grill Mateo like that again. Um, <laughs> number two, I think part of the issue with the idea of sacking, the large issue of the with the idea of sacking Allegri is that not only was there the material impact of how much he would cost them in the bank account, it was the impact of what sacking Allegri meant, which is what I think Dre was getting at, is that it would be after these, we've tried these ideological hires with Pirlo, with Sadi, we go back to our guy who Agnelli believes is his guy, who he like kind of sets his stock by. And if we still fail, if I call this a failure and I'm getting taxed this heavily, this is admitting to the biggest failure possible. Um, For sure. I think for 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 Agnelli's own pride, he had to let this ride out and not take a massive hit to his checkbook. I think <laughs> and this is the best possible situation that could have worked out for him. Yeah, it's in my opinion that Juve went back to uh, Allegri because they see him as um, a stabilizer and they knew what to expect with him. He's not erratic. However, what they ended up getting was not the um, Allegri that they had in the past. And I think that that is where the money issue came in to help him stay afloat for longer than maybe he could have. Now, also, I just want to address that I don't agree that Pirlo was an ideological hire. I, Pirlo was snatched after three weeks of being appointed to the kids, and that was a Band-Aid off of an impetuous decision to sack Sarri. So that was a fix. That was probably one of the most atypical decisions uh, Juve have done possibly ever in terms of business management, in my opinion. But yeah, that was definitely uh, fixing an error in the short term, not the long term. I think that eventually there needs to be a discussion had in terms of like, what does Juve look like again as a squad in spirit on pitch and how are we moving forward and establish somebody that's not Allegri, but I don't think that that will be right now. I think with the clarity of being 15 games uh, into the season, not quite halfway, but, you know, almost uh, just a few games shy of reaching the midpoint of the season. You look at Napoli, they've been healthy. Napoli have not had the mass injuries that Milan have had, for example, and certainly not the mass injuries that Juve has had and, and in a sense had right up until the last maybe couple of weeks of the season with uh, or the last the most recent weeks instead of Nico Chiesa coming back with Di Maria coming back. The difference between Milan and Juventus right now is two points. The gap with Napoli is significantly higher. And I don't think they just got a different Allegri necessarily. They got a different Allegri, maybe, uh, although I'm not not buying it completely. And they got a slew of debilitating injuries that did not allow them to compete at the level. Because in a sense, I think even um, Juve's injury crisis was worse than Milan's because of where those injuries happened, because of not having a trequartista available, not having a player to get the ball to Milik or Vlahovic, uh, not having a sort of creative midfielder that, that can create, you know, 
build chances for the attackers that they did have. And so, yes, they lean on the defense. They would normally do that anyway. Yes, Allegri can be mocked for his ultra-conservative approach, but I, I think even more than Milan, it was where the injuries happened for Juve that made it so catastrophic for them. And the moment they I started mean, to get healthy in key positions, they started to win again. Yeah, the misfortune of plunking down cash for Pogba and then never actually getting to use Pogba among the others was just kind of damning. Although it was really exciting in the initial bit of the season where we thought that Juve were going to bring something magical together, which, hey, maybe they'll still manage to pull something off. But um, this lull was certainly deflating. Marco is being suspiciously quiet about my right? like <laughs> No, I listen. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I I wanted to let you guys rant out. I, I saw there's a lot of built up anger from uh, from the crew on that one, so I sat it out. It's, it's nice to be on uh, on the audience side for once. No, for for me, um, I mean, I'm not gonna go back uh, about the the coaches when he was fired. If he would have been fired, blah blah blah. You know, he's brought back the idea of let's make sure we don't concede first. Uh, that's that's really the idea of this Juventus. It's uh, play conservative, uh, tuck down, close the space, and hit on the counterattack. And I think that they've shown, ever since the Milan game, it's kind of been a spark uh, within the team. And I think they got the team spirit back because that was the biggest thing that was lacking. You know, they tried the same route, but there wasn't that same feeling around the rest of the team. Uh, you see the huddles that they do. You see the way that key players have stepped up. That comes from the locker room saying, hey, guys, l- let's pull this together. And I think that is credit to Allegri. And, you know, the only thing that I will say is, like, it's still way too early to judge. It was too early to judge either, either way, right? Because, mm-hmm. yes, Juventus have done really well in these last few games. My still my, my fear within this team and the vulnerabilities that I see if we talk about how they're going to challenge for a title is how do they cope when things go, don't go their way? And what I mean by that is uh, against Inter, they uh, they didn't concede, right, to the two big chances that Inter had. Uh, against Lazio, they didn't put them under real threat. So Juventus were able to score first. And when they score first, they're able to manage out a game a lot better. The opposition will push forward. They'll drop in. They could hit on the counter again. My thing is when they will concede first and when they play against a team like uh, Anopoli, for example, who is really always finding those spaces – can they? Do they have that plan B? Do they have the ability to pivot? So that's why I'm still hesitant to say, let's see where this team can actually go because they haven't shown that. Napoli, on the other hand, of course, they have shown that. They've shown that when they go down, when it's a physical match, when you, they're not able to find space, they're able to win in multiple ways. So that, that's sort of where my head is at with this team. I think that as it stands, though, this first half of the season, Napoli have had more depth to play with. Um, and certainly, even their strikers, in terms of versatility, granted, they're not one-to-one replacements for each other, but um, it's something that Juve haven't had the um, the wealth of options to do that. So I guess we'll see, coming back from World Cup in January, what the state of Juventus actually looks like, um, if in fact they have all the healthy players that, I mean, I'm sure everyone hopes for. I'm glad you said World Cup because that's where I want to bring it back. Uh, so we can hey. close out on this. And that is, um, we, you know, Allegri you winning. You will stop going at Matteo, will you? My yeah. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he came at me, man. You know, I got a fire bars back. Um, <laughs> uh, Rafael Leal is the player of the month, uh, the most recent player of the month recipient after almost a clean sweep by Napoli players, deservedly so the first couple of months of the season. Uh, the Allegri manager of the month uh, discussion was lively. Uh, w- w- this is where I would like to take it with Leal. It's 
last season with Rafael Leal was his breakout campaign in Serie A. Uh, here's a player who had a ton of talent. We heard the coaches that he had at Sporting um, talk about him being the most talented player to go through there since Cristiano Ronaldo. We've heard just all these wonderful things about the player that Leal was, but he needed to show it consistently. He did it last year to the tune of the MVP honor and helping Milan win a first Scudetto in just over a decade. Now he's going into the World Cup as a legitimate star, maybe the biggest star in Serie A, uh, even including someone like Kovaracelia, who's done it for 15 rounds, now has all of last season plus uh, a pretty productive year um, so far in Serie A. And so what is the expectation? What, where is the bar set for Leal going into this World Cup on a good Portugal team that's not necessarily among the favorites, but has talent uh, around them? For a player who, at the start of last season, was not even on the Portugal team, to a player that now you would think, especially with some of the injuries that have happened to Portugal, ought to be in the starting eleven. What are your expectations for Leal in Qatar? If we're, if we're going to be honest, I don't have expectations for a single player in this World Cup. I'm so confused by it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Like, legitimately, I don't know. I like, and it, it feels like a cop out because I keep, people keep asking me, and I'm like, I I actually I this is so unprecedented on like every part of the scale of it and I, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's fair. I mean timing timing, weather, um, the fact that we've had essentially really ridiculously packed picture schedules over the last couple of years. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I don't I mean I'm hoping my expectation is that uh, or my hope is that we get more healthy players back out of this than um, could possibly be the worst case scenario. So a November player. World Cup is disruptive. A November World Cup is dis- disruptive for the leagues that get disrupted. It's not necessarily disruptive for the tournament in and of itself. Like once it starts, this is the World Cup. This is the most important thing going on in the lives of every one of these players. And you could actually make the case that now the players are in mid-season form, and not, despite the condensed schedule, not as knackered as they would be if it were, you know, June after a full season of play with everything that that entails. So I think from that perspective, the performance of the players themselves ought to be really high for a World Cup that comes in the middle of the season as opposed to one that comes at the end of the campaign. What do you think, Mateo? Are they coming in high on this or Leo coming in high in this World Cup? Look, I think for him, when he's at his best, he's absolutely world class. We have seen some inconsistencies sneak in, though, this uh this season in particular, where he doesn't ever have a six out of ten game, he's either at an eight or a four. It's 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 kind of a strange thing with Leal. You know, having watched every minute that he's he's played, it took him a long time to get going. But he 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 doesn't have a middle ground. Like he's either destructively bad or world class. So hopefully we get the latter more in this World Cup, just because he's such a joy to watch when he's when everything's working out. He, he's in that flow state where everything just seems to happened for him so effortlessly. He is one of the most effortless players that I've that I've ever watched where it never looks like he's putting in a shift. It never looks like he's trying hard. He just it, it just instantly moves so much quicker and silkier than everyone around him. So I will be following teams like Portugal just to see some of the players that we like the most. I, I just wish look, I wish Georgia was in the World Cup because I'd I'd have to <laughs> he's my favorite player right now in the world. There's no one that I like watching more than Kavanatelia. Um, so hopefully one day you can guide them to a major tournament because I will be all aboard that train. Right now, Cavada's my guy. You, you, you all know that, though. It was the Ketelari at the start of the season. 
They really liked his uh, side passes to the guy two yards away, I guess, in the, in the limited cameos that he's made. <laughs> Mokri, you had something to say. I cut you off. Let's, let's have you have the last word. Yeah, uh, for me, the, the guy that I'm thinking about that I really think is going to break out is Milinkovic Savic. I, I feel like he's an unbelievable midfielder. We've seen him in Italy for a couple of years now. That Serbia team, when I look at them on paper, I think they're unbelievable. Between him and Dusan Blavic, I think that they have like so much talent that a lot of the world has not necessarily seen yet. Um, so those are, are two players that I see. Uh, of course, Lau, I, you know, I don't know how much he's going to play, but I feel pretty confident on the two Serbian guys. I think irrespective of how uh, Serbia fare in this tournament, they will probably be one of the more fun teams to watch, for sure. All in. They are probably a Serie A dream. Uh, Serbia has 11, <laughs> 11 uh, Serie A players representing uh, six different clubs. So uh, definitely one that you should watch just so you're up to date when we get started in January 4th uh, with the resumption <laughs> of the Serie A. That's probably a good, team, a good time to say Yeah, that's a good spot to end for this week. Uh, thank you so much for all of your energy and insight today, Matteo. You as always, are a gem. Um, are you, are you not West, thanking the other two? So thank you, Christine. Why not I stood out in your eyes? Sheesh. Aaron West, um, probably the funniest, if I'm giving out, like, end of, well, mid-season <laughs> awards here today. Marco was um, balanced and fair today. You. He was thank like a politician. Marco, yeah. Marco in, 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 is, is very, amongst us. Very, yeah, so. very diplomatic answers from Marco. <laughs> He's no very, very wise, this man. Who's trained him? Um, and, of course, Dre, the most organized um dulcet toned of us and i am i'm just the lead clown around here <laughs> uh thanks for listening in this week um as always hit that p plus um stay tuned um ciao for now from all of us at uh calcio e cappuccino ciao ciao see you guys Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.